0: The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. Innistrad is coming soon, and StarCityGames.com is your source for boxes, cases, fat packs, intro packs, complete sets, and singles. Head on over to StarCityGames.com and pre-order Innistrad today. Everybody, welcome to episode 76 of Yo! MTG Taps. Holy crap. You said that last week, like, whoa, episode 75, yeah. and I'm like, whoa, episode 76.
1: We're over the hump.
0: Yeah. I'm Joey Pasco. A
1: am Big Head Joe, uh, calling from my phone because I'm too big of a sissy to put a powered headset on my head while there's lightning all over the place.
0: Oh my gosh, we have so much to talk about. So many things have happened just over the past couple of days, like since we recorded last week's episode. And then, you know, just going into like this crazy weekend of multiple tournaments. Um I guess let's I mean, since we have so much to talk about, I think some things we're just gonna touch on. Um but uh I think we just start off with uh this past weekend's tournaments because I think they're the easiest yeah. to just cover and uh
1: and Yeah, that sounds about. good.
0: <laughs> so um this past weekend we had two pretty big tournaments. One, Star City Games Open Series in Richmond, and um, then the other was the TCG Player seventy five K, which of course, like you had to be qualified for or grind in. Um, Todd Anderson won the TCG Player event twenty thousand dollars for first place. That's uh, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, that's like pro yeah. tour money, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, Burton Cheney won six grand. Yeah, I mean, Burton like,
0: Cheney was in top eight. Um, it, the uh,
1: He's he lost the top four.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like a pretty decent, uh, pr- pretty stacked top eight. But uh, yeah, the finals was Todd Anderson versus Tim Landale, and Todd Anderson was playing Callblade, and Tim Landale was playing Valakut. So we had that event. Yeah. Then we had uh, Star City Richmond, as I mentioned. That event was won uh, – the standard portion was won by Pat Cox, who has been – uh, performing very well over the past few months. Uh, you know, won a previous Star City event, did really well at a recent Pro Tour. Uh, anyway, he's playing Valakit. Uh, he wins with Valakit. There were only three Callblades in the top eight. Um, that was actually a prediction I made early on Saturday, saying, like, I think there's going to be only two to three Callblades in the top eight. I think there's a changing of the guard kind of happening. Everybody's preparing for Callblade, and now it's, uh, it's, it's still a great deck and a great deck choice, but people are more prepared for it, and so it's it's not showing up in the numbers it was. But the, the thing that actually I find more interesting about that, uh, that top eight is that, well, first, that Valakit won a deck that wasn't even showing up in top eights. I think, didn't we say right after the bannings when everybody expected Valakit that uh, there, there were like none in the top 10 or top 12? I think maybe 12 was the, the highest placing Valakit. It may not even have been there. I can't even remember where it placed, but it wasn't even showing up. And here it is winning an event just a couple of weeks later. And, um, you know, I think we, we even said that like when people are all prepared for it, it's not going to do well. And then, uh, people stopped worrying about Valakit and it places first. And then there was, uh, I'm I'm taking a look at the top 16 and that was the only, yeah, only Valakit in the top 16 was the one that won Pat Cox, um, (laughs) Allies. Yeah, I know. Look, look at this top 16. All right, we've. Are got, you kidding me? First of all, a couple things. Kyle Rose, former uh, Pro Tour player, was in second place in the finals. Shaheen Serani in third place with Blue Black Control, which is essentially uh, Antrazi's list from Nationals. But they've all kind of, I guess, got together and decided that four blood guests in the sideboard for the uh, the control matchups were were just really good tech and apparently they were really impressive all day from what I've heard. So that's kind of cool. Um, like you said, only th- there, there's only four Call Blades in the entire top 16, three in the top eight as I mentioned. Um, one of them was Ben Friedman who has been just a beast on the Star City Open series recently. Like he hasn't yeah, man. won an event but he keeps top eighting, which is awesome. Like he's a local guy. I think this is his
1: best finish so far.
0: It might be. I know he uh, he's definitely – Top aided several, though. Um, then we have, like, a mono red deck in fifth place, another Callblade in sixth place, which is Chris Lockman, another Pro Tour player, another Pro Tour winner. Uh, he was one half of the, uh, the Sliver Kids duo, which is Jacob Van Lunen and Chris Lockman won that Pro Tour, the two-headed giant Pro Tour. Um, and j v l was there doing commentary with with brad and chris lockman joined uh, j v l in the booth at one point uh pretty cool uh but yeah he he top eight um and then boros like where'd that come from <laughs> in seventh place and Ooh. then a, a rug pod list which uh Chapin and uh, michael jacob have been championing recently i know Chapin placed ninth with it at uh, at nationals and uh quickly just to mention that list like it looks it looked like a lot of fun. Like I read Chapin's article and I'm like, "Wow, he's comparing Birthing Pod to Jace." I think that was really Michael Jacob that made that comparison, but Chapin mentioned it in his article saying like it's a it's a four mana, you know, card, can it it can be three mana obviously in Phyrexia mana, but you use it once a turn at sorcery speed and it pretty much always gets you a card, right? Like some a card's worth of value. Um sometimes more depending on what you what well, you do, but that was kind of an interesting comparison, um, comparing Ooh. it comparing it to Jace the Mind Sculptor. That is uh, so kind of neat. But um, and then Michael Jacob did some videos on it, which I watched and were pretty entertaining. I was building the deck. I don't know. I don't know if it's my kind of deck. I don't know. Like it's weird. It's there's. It's just like everything's at sorcery speed. There's like Nature's Claim, and there is <laughs> the only instant. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to play that. I don't want to it's like all sorceries. There's there's nature's claim. Like, I don't know. Anyway, that showed up in eighth place. I kind of expected that to show up more or more of those to show up because of people like me that that read Chapin's article and watched those videos uh of Michael Jacob and thought the deck looked good. And maybe there were a lot in the um in the event, but only one placed in uh, top sixteen. But Ninth place. Did you see this? Did you see what came in ninth place? Illusions.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Mono Blue Illusions. Uh, Incredibly, uh, Mono Blue Illusions deck also placed 10th at the TCG player event. Yeah. So pretty nuts. Uh, Aaron Forsythe was tweeting, "Like, like Mono Blue Illusions, buy the event deck. (laughs) <laughs> he, uh he was tweeting that yesterday because apparently this isn't all that far off in the, from the event deck. Or maybe it's reasonably far off. But, I mean, that's a pretty good start just by the event deck and then, then yeah. uh, upgrade from there. But four Phyrexian Metamorph, two worm coil Engine, four Grand Architect, four Lord of the Unreal, four Phantasmal Bear, four Phantasmal Image, two Spreading Seas, three Mana Leak, three Spell Pierce, three Gataxian Probe, two, prompt, two Ponder, four Preordain, 14 Islands, uh, four Misty Rainforest, one Scalding Tarn, and two Tectonic Edge is the main deck. And he's got, like, Torpor Orbs in the sideboard, a couple more Spreading Seas, some Flash Freeze into the Royal Mental Misstep, Vapor Snag. It's like an FNM deck, right?
1: Yeah. It really is. Well, I mean, the thing it's, is... Well, it's the thing unreal, is this right? Uh-huh. uh the, the, I mean, the event deck certainly doesn't have worm Coil Engine in it, or Metamorphs, or... Well it has two grand architects, which is pretty awesome. Um it has all the phantasmal bears, but I think it only has like one or two phantasmal images, so I mean like still a lot of stuff you gotta get to yeah, make. Yeah, but this I deck. mean
0: it still looks like an F and M deck is what I mean.
1: You, you know what really was interesting to me? What's that? And I'm kinda and I know I'm skipping ahead a little here, but th- a lot of the Merfolk decks were running two copies of Phantasmal Image in the main.
0: Yeah, I that card's getting a... Uh getting a lot of love recently. It's in sold the out pod at list. 7
1: bucks in Star City. Yeah. Uh sold out in foil at 15. Uh pretty rough.
0: It's it's a one of in the uh the rugpod lists, but they think that's the one card that you cut, which to me, I guess the thing is it's really uh it's real swingy. Like how ridiculous it how ridiculous is it when you're like phantasmal image anything huge <laughs> you know what i mean copy my own right. inferno titan copy your primeval titan Cop you know anything like that um copy whatever the best creature you have if i don't happen to have it but at the same time i think it's uh you know it's dead when there's no decent cards to copy when you're like i have birds of paradise and need something good I'm like i have birds of paradise and phantasmal image <laughs> like, it's not really any good i mean you can you can copy like a lotus cobra to get some explosion of mana if that's going to help you but um so, looking uh, at the rest of this top sixteen, just some interesting decks. Uh, twin blade, which is you mm-hmm. know, twin blade. That doesn't sound like crazy, except the fact that uh, it's nobody's really played twin blade since Jace and Stoneforge were legal. Um, but yeah, there's uh there's a twin blade list running the Azure, Azure Mage uh, in the main deck. Um, allies in fourteenth place.
1: Allies. Allies running four copies of Metamorph and four copies of Adaptive Automaton.
0: Yeah, that is uh, that is kind of nuts, too. It's another M deck. Like, what in the <laughs> world is going on?
1: Uh, uh, so, everybody was at the T G player. I,
0: I know, I was thinking that, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this was the softest I mean, STG
0: tournament. No, I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, that's a lot of money. You know it what I is, mean? Yeah. Like, I know Chapin, uh, Chapin
0: decided to drive to Chicago and try to grind in and he won a grinder and then he uh, then he went like one and three or something. I don't know. Uh, I think he, he had three losses and was trying to trying to win straight out to to cash, but I don't think he did. I haven't heard anymore. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's enough money to make people want to do that. Right. Um, Flores, I believe, uh he was playing Blue Green Infect. That was uh that was what he was talking about uh he called me on the phone about was playing he's like I'm playing infect I'm like really <laughs> so I like I said I haven't seen a list but I think uh I think he ended up running live wire lash which is what I was talking to him about because I feel like that card is really tough to beat I mean with a control deck I, I mean I I only have experience playing against it with blue black control but Ryan was uh, you know, he has a, a blue white, I'm sorry, not blue white, a green white in fact, with the live wire lashes in there. And it's like when I fight his live wire lashes with like inquisitions or something, he just beats me with the, the dudes that I didn't take out of his hand. Um, right. And if I let him get the live wire lash on board, like now it's like really important that I keep the creatures off the board. Uh, right. Or if I give him any chance to equip the live wire lash, it's just like. That's that's gonna be that's already at least two poison, you know what I mean? Like right, right. there, as soon as I try to kill that thing, you know, it's. Right. Uh, I mean, unless I black sun zenith or something. Um, the the more recent uh, versions of blue black control that I've been playing, though, might have a better op- or a better chance with things like consume the meek in there. There's a consume the meek and um, and of course the black sun zenith is still there. So maybe that's uh maybe I'll fare better with uh with the list that's more like Antrazi's national list but uh but anyway, live lash definitely seems like it belongs in those decks because it's just it's it's oh you, you're in such a bad gotta position. You got to convince me. Yeah. It's like you <laughs> have been, to kill I've... that creature. It's like you want to kill the creature but you can't target it with anything.
1: Right. So uh
0: definitely uh definitely a scary card. Um So, uh, also we had the legacy event at, at Richmond. Um, Pat Cox made top eight of that event, uh, with playing zoo. No surprise there. Pat Cox is pretty, pretty big fan of zoo. His, uh, his Twitter name, which he's recently joined Twitter is wildest Nacotl.
1: Oh, is that him? Okay. I was trying to figure out who that was. I was too lazy to click on it apparently, but, uh,
0: he's a, he's a big fan of zoo, but, um, he lost to uh, Tim Biskowski in the top eight, who was running Blue White Stoneforge. Um, but uh, the the winning deck was Show and Tell. He actually beat Tim Biskowski in the finals. As I mentioned, Tim was running Blue White Stoneblade. He's he's taken the Stoneblade list uh, that like he and Ben Friedman I think have uh, have run recently, where it's kind of shifted to cut the uh, cut the Mistress factories for Mutavaults and uh, add some Spell Stutter sprites in there. Um so it's not uh it's a little bit different than the other blue white stone blade lists that we've seen. It's got like a Riptide Laboratory in it to that can return both uh Vendilian click and spell starter sprites, which is kinda cool. Um but I, I do like this version, it's pretty cool. Um but uh Yeah, show and tell. Now, one of the cards that people were saying why isn't in this, why is this card not in this list, was sneak attack. And uh, like, I think somebody even said on Twitter, "No chance that guy knows sneak attack exists, right? You know, like (laughs) he has to just not know the card exists (laughs) because it has to go in this deck." But apparently, the uh, the reason is that he thought the double red was like to be able to go sneak attack and then use it using needing double red to, to do that, uh was just too much of a stretch. So he did yeah. not he did not play sneak attack. Uh his only re, you know, all all his red spells, which were really just through the breach uh in the main deck, I think, uh required just one red. He had red elemental blast and pyroblast in the sideboard. But uh yeah. I mean he's got Basaju who shelters all in the main deck which is kinda cool too. Do you see that? Yes. That's, I that's,
1: did actually. Uh,
0: it's pretty awesome. Keep your spells from being card. countered. Yeah, he's got Blightsteel Colossus as his uh, as one of his win conditions. It's got two of those, four Embracles, uh in there. So, a lot of a uh, lot of big things to show and tell into play. So, so that's Legacy. We already talked Standard. Uh, there were some nationals events happened this weekend as well. That's, those were standard as well. So German Nats, Spanish Nats, um, there were no call blades in the German nationals top eight kind of, wow. kind of interesting just to,
1: I think uh, it's funny. I mean, like, you, you, you know what? I think this proves, honestly, that I, I was wrong all last week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, I know I'm willing to say stuff and be wrong. Yeah.
1: But go ahead. Well, well, that wasn't what I was going to say, but I guess I'm I am implying that, but I was I wasn't uh bringing this up to uh to get a dig in. Right on, go ahead. <laughs> Although I wish I was. Um but it kind of proves that the meta game has become more cyclical. You know, like we saw callblade dominate because everyone went Problem solved, you know what I mean? Right, everyone right went after problem the solved. No more call blade. Not putting anything in my sideboard to deal with that deck. You know, like mm-hmm. everyone just kind of like went, ah, uh, yeah, it's over. And then like everyone who knew better won. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and so then like people started going, ooh, Callblade, blade, Blah, build all these call blade decks. And then this week it looks like everyone went, hey, you remember. Callblade without the two best cards in the deck, yeah, it's not as good. And um, sideboarding will be way more effective against it because it's way less consistent. You know what I mean? So they can't just go play another Stoneforge, get another equipment or, you know, like, I don't know. It just, uh, it seems like it's working out or at least, uh, you know, better than we assumed last week, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm glad to see that. Like, It's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, me too. So, uh, just looking real quick, the uh, I, I mentioned there were no Call Blades in the top eight of the German nationals. Uh, Spanish nationals also happened. There were four Splinter Twins in the top eight. Um, one, <clears throat> one Dark Blade, one Blue Green Mill, one Rug Pod, and one Tempered Steel. So that's a kind of crazy metagame right there. Like when you see, for one thing, the only Call Blade was Dark Blade. Uh, which isn't even really showing up much over here. Um, and, you know, four Splinter Twin decks, which, again, they're showing up here and there, um, but they're not to this level of of dominance. But Blue-Green Mill, you know, I, yeah, I know, nuts. like, people like uh, Smitty of 60 Cards and the A-Team podcast uh, has been pushing a Mill list. Kyle Sanchez did pretty well with it at Nationals last week. Um, without his own mill list, like people are playing mill decks and even the most shocking thing is you're not, (laughs) why are you not
1: playing mill decks? Um, are you kidding me, Joe? I just traded for my visions of beyond yesterday so I can build pyromancer with archive trap. And freaking visions of beyond.
0: Okay, so you're playing a different kind of mill. You're playing pyromancer essentially. I,
1: I am cool. working on mill. Fair, enough. but again, if people, if enough people are working on mill, it look, it sounds like they're going to start seeing some emeralds in the sideboard now, yeah. which kind of sucks.
0: Yes, you're right. Um, this one has uh, the only creatures in this deck are hedron crab and lotus cobra, four of each, and then there's like you know, so obviously he can he can ramp uh he gets the, like the landfall he's really relying on landfall he only has 25 lands but uh let's see seven seven fetches and then uh two terramorphic two evolving wilds oh i'm sorry eight fetches he's got verdan catacombs too so he's got a total of 12 uh lands that will trigger landfall twice so that's that's uh seems like a decent amount um and uh you know he gets the milieu and then add mana and you know you know, I'll just cast Archive Trap, you know, <laughs> like, or, right. or trap you. He's got Explore into the Royal, Jace Memory Adept, of course, just two of those. Um, and then four Ponder, four Preordain, dig for the uh, relevant spells, and then four Visions of Beyond, of course. 4 uh, I'm sorry, two Surgical Extraction, which seemed like a really well-placed card uh, in a mill deck. You know, just go ahead and put it in the main deck. You know, you get to see pretty quickly what your opponent's playing and you'll probably knock something into the graveyard. You know, one of the criticisms of Surgical Extraction type cards is that, well, you need to get the card in the graveyard first. So if they've already, you know, for instance, played the Primeval Titan and then you Wrathed it away, they already got some value out of it. You know, you, you had to deal with it first, then Extraction it. So it's like you have to deal with it kind of twice. But uh, in a mill deck, it's just kind of incidental cards in the graveyard that you can just uh, remove from their deck.
1: I love you, Joey.
0: I love you too. What brought um, that on?
1: Oh, I. I just wanted to express my love for you.
0: You're looking for no, surgical uh, extractions <laughs> to add to your uh,
1: your Byromancer. No, I'm saying now. I need to, now. I need to uh, put surgical extraction <laughs> in so bad. It's so oh, much better awesome. than
0: the middle deck. Yeah, it, it
1: makes a lot. Oh my more god! Sense. Oh my god! You just you just broke it, Joe. Well, I didn't break <laughs> it. Awesome. This guy did. Oh, my god. That's awesome. It wasn't oh, me. man. It I'm still uh, doing that. Alejandro Dupuis. In, uh, yeah, but I'm I'm putting him in Pyro. Right on. Good. I'm going to copy it.
0: Yeah. It's going to remove your entire library. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the point <laughs> if, you're, if you're milling. So, yeah, like I said, we talked legacy. We talked standard now. I tried to get through this stuff quickly, but oh well.
1: Yeah, you know, I've never heard... A legacy segment on this show go faster since we started getting into legacy. You're <laughs> like, first place deck was this, moving on, like <laughs> I know you're dying to talk about the main topic today. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we have a couple things. Like it's crazy. So before we get to the even bigger topic, I just want to revisit what we talked about a little bit last week was from the Vault Legends. A couple days after we recorded, of course, and before the episode went up, they revealed the entire list. So uh, we have the full list, and the cards that we thought were speculation, which I think were like Rafik and Sharoom, uh, are confirmed on the list. So just to quickly run down the list, Teferi, Mage of Zalfir, Cresh the Bloodbraided, Progenitus, uh, all three have new art, by the way. Um, Door in the Siege Tower, Kiki-Jiki Mirrorbreaker with new art, uh, Sun Sunquan Lord of Wu, kau Cow Lord of Wei, uh, Captain Sisei, Omnath, Locust of Mana, Rafik of the Many, Una, Queen of the Fey, Shurum the Hegemon, Ulamaga Infinite Gyre, and Basara the Dreadful with new art. Also, Rafik has new art. Um, so, that's the list, and I believe I have almost all those cards in a pile of crap rares under my bed. Um, I'm, like, kind of... Uh, I prob- Obviously, this product isn't directed at me. Well, it's, it's probably not directed at me. I mean, I guess, like I said last week, depending on what was left to be revealed. I I may have bought it. I don't one, I don't really like foils, so that kind of puts me out of the uh out of the target audience anyway. But um I just think this is a terrible, terrible product for what it's supposed to be. It's called From the Vault, Legends. Um Omnath is in standard, Ulamog is in standard. These cards aren't in a vault. They're in standard. Uh Rafik Sharoom, uh, Progenitus, these th- these uh, Shards of Alara block cards uh, just left standard. Like they're not in the vault. They didn't even gather dust yet. If you want to consider them being in the vault, they're just inside the door. Like they just opened it up and set them down and they're sitting. It's like, oh, get those back out. We want to put those in from the vault. Like that's ridiculous. This isn't, this isn't from the vault. Like six out, of, six out of the 15 cards were legal and standard a year ago. A product that I wasn't even excited about, didn't even care that much about, comes out like this. And it's really disappointing because I know Wizards is better than this. Like, they could have put out so much better of a product. I may not have bought it either way, but this has me actively disappointed like and and kind of angry. Because if they're going to call a product from the vaults, it needs to be representative of cards that are actually in a vault. Like, I can understand Teferi being in there. I can even possibly... I can see some lore one block, like, a single or maybe two lore one block cards. Like, they have, like, Doran and um, and Una from lore one block. But, like, okay, maybe—and I kind of mentioned this last week, too, about maybe uh, a card from Shard's block or, or something. But, like, they—from Shard's block alone, Sharum, Rafiq, uh, Kresh, Progenitus— Four cards from from a block that was legal and standard a year ago? I just – I think this is a shame. I think it's they, – they really missed a huge opportunity here. I mean they they did okay with some of these choices. I feel like Visara that's awesome. She's a very popular legend. That's kind of hard to get a hold of now. Captain Sissé, okay. Like she's she's pretty old. I don't know why they needed two Portal Three Kingdoms cards, but that isn't – that – like those are still – a hundred times better than shards block cards and standard cards, Zenderkar block cards being in this set. Now, um, I don't know exactly who said it. It may have been Tim McLaren. I know he was in on the discussion. He was over uh, over your house on Thursday when we were all discussing this. Um, right. That uh, this set would have been perfect if it was released. Well, maybe not perfect, but it would have been a lot better if it would was released maybe five years from now. You know, when these cards aren't in standard, when they're not so easy to get. This is supposed to be from the vault. It's supposed to be like kind of a peek at the best legends throughout Magic's 18-year history. 18 years this game has been around and they've picked cards that were printed all in the last three. Like a third, more than a third of the set have been printed in
1: the last three. As many of six of these cards were all legal in standard at at the same time. Yeah, and it was just a year ago. Here's how I feel about it. Like I when you when you when you were, when you were first like cuz you you know you guys were all over here Thursday night and when when you guys were first complaining about this I did not see why you were all complaining. I was like I was like come on. Like this is a really cool set of of legendary creatures like that are going to that's going to really appeal to commander players. Um I mean they threw us two portal three kingdoms guys, which I think is really really cool, especially uh you know Sun Quan Lord of Wu, like giving people horsemanship like we got horsemanship back like that's so fun like that's hilarious to me um I think that those you know having those cards is great um and I think that uh the general, i think that you know i'm I'm naming i'm not even calling them legends I think that the commanders that they reprinted um, are all really cool, and I think they're. A, it's a good set of legendary creatures um, that will be popular as commanders, and several of them are even legacy playable. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I it wasn't when I was making that statement. I wasn't quite thinking about it in terms of the name of the product. I was just thinking of it as the product itself, like what what they were presenting. For the, you know, alleged MSRP of thirty four ninety nine, which it certainly won't be, but that is the MSRP for these products. Mm-hmm. So for for dollars 99 I think this is a great set. Now, do I think it should be called From the Vault Legends? No, not at all. Um, I think that, I don't know if they realize the sort of, you know, public outcry that they're you know, creating with this, um, or at least with that sort of name attached to something. Mm-hmm. I mean, they printed things like in the last couple of years, they printed things like Nico Bolas and Mox diamond and berserk and like things like that. You know what I mean? Right. Like things that you go, Whoa, you know, check that out.
0: Yeah. Old card um, I haven't played with in like a long time, not last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, like they they really set a precedent by making the sets like so from the vault feeling, you know what I mean? Like all the
0: others, they set an expectation by calling something from the vault and they, they, you know, that's what they, they've been kind of following that sort of, uh, you know, the the last couple from the vault sets felt like they were from the vault. Yes. There's a new card from the upcoming block in everyone, but that's kind of like a, a bonus card, like from the vaults plus this upcoming thing, which we'll mention that too, what that is, uh, Shortly, but go, go ahead. Uh, you, you're right. They set a precedent and they set an expectation with this name.
1: Yeah, and and so so it's disappointing to me that uh, that they would that, that they would miss something like this or that they wouldn't miss it and wouldn't care enough to try to correct it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they should they should have called this like a commander pack or you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Best something of Commander like that. or something like that, or like Best I don't of even Commander, know. and that wouldn't have been bad. And like, it, I just feel like it's a marketing error, like a pretty blatant marketing error on Wizards' part, because there would be a really easy way to like solve this or to have never had it even become an issue. Just, you know, put from the vaults on hold for a year. You know, they're starting to get less special. They're coming out every friggin' year. You know, yeah, well. put put From the Vaults as a named product on hold. You can use the same, like, plastic thing that holds the cards inside of it, like, you know, like, <laughs> that you use from From the Vaults. Just put a different package around it and call it, like, Commander Pack or something like that because, I mean, it's the summer of Commander for Wizards. So, like, why don't you market it? straight up towards commander players
0: right without and not not like sneaky in a way like oh it's from the vaults but it happens it's definitely marketed towards commander players it just isn't that doesn't actually say that on the package
1: sneaky that 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 seems to be the appropriate appropriate word it's like yeah we snuck this commander set into a from the vaults package yeah you know and like it doesn't it doesn't i mean like i'm i'm I, i i was gonna say i'm not buying it like like like, not falling for it, right. but I am yeah. going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to actually buy it, but like, I'm not falling for the fact that they're calling it from the vaults when it's clearly from last year's standard. Yeah. I think, you know? that, that,
0: so yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I know I'm saying they deserve to be called out on that, you know, like, You don't have to call it from the vaults just because you put out a from the vault every year. The last three years, take a year off, take a break. It's supposed to be special. You know what I mean? Call this one something else. Come out next year with another from the vaults. It's awesome. You know you will. You know you're going to. I'm sure it's already scheduled. You know. So yeah, I don't know. Anyway, they
0: they could have done. I feel like they could have gone any number of directions with this. But you know, if they were going to put out a, they, they could have said okay, from the vault legends, just like they did, and made are very awesome from the vault legends. It doesn't have to be legendary creatures either. They can all be legendary creatures. They could have done a great job just with all legendary creatures. They could have mixed in something like Umazawa's Jite or like a legendary land or something. They didn't have to have all creatures but that's not even that big of a deal to me. It's just the matter of calling something from the vault to me is like it's supposed to be like a best of album. You know what I mean? And you don't put out like best of Green Day and like half of the thing is like half of their last album and then you got like (laughs) Longview on there, just, oh, it's from, you know, it's from the Vault's Green Day or something. It's like, because it's got one song from, like, their first Breakout <laughs> album, you know, and then all a the whole bunch of tracks from, like, this their last album. Like, that's not how it works. You should be touching on every, every kind of period in history, and I understand some things are going to be weighted more heavily. Like, you know, maybe there just happen to be a lot of really good Legends at a certain point. Like, the funny thing is, there's not a single Legends card in there. Now, that might be because of the reserved list, and that's fine, but... Even going from uh, you know post-reserved list, they could have done a much better job with this, and this just seems really bad. Um, uh, you know, some one of the arguments is that people are making is, oh, just because it's not, just because it's not going to have like the big value cards, it doesn't have like the big the big money, you know, the mox diamond card in there, the berserk or whatever. Like that has nothing to do with it for me. You know, for me, it's looking at these cards and seeing cards that literally I haven't even sorted yet because I'm just too lazy to get to the crap rares that rotated out of standard <laughs> last year. They're still <laughs> just in a pile in a box or something under my bed where it's like, oh, this is all the stuff that I just had, you know, that didn't trade, like nobody wanted it. It rotated, and I guess I took it out of my binder to make space, and it's in a freaking pile. Like, and then there's Omnath and stuff that's like still sitting in my binder from when I opened them in 2009. Nobody wants. You know, like right. I'm—I don't know. Like it's just really frustrating to me that they would drop the ball on this. A company that I, I put a lot of faith in, and you know, spend a lot of money on their product, uh, and and I feel like I ex- have expectations of them to do the right thing and and do smart things, and this just seems like. They just hired an intern and said, hey, here's a pile of legends, or here's a pile of cards. Pull out the first 15 legends you see. Like, that's that's what it looks like to me. It doesn't look like they focus at all on on anything, on making it special. And it's not, because it's not special. And that's my, my problem with, with it, so. Anyway, moving on. Oh, uh, we'll just mention the, uh, the Innistrad preview, which is be- becoming entirely overshadowed. <laughs> uh... Machaeus the Lunark, legendary creature, human cleric, mythic rare from Innistrad. Uh, it costs one white and X, and it is a zero zero. So you can play it for one and have it die immediately due to state-based effects. Uh, alternatively, you can pay a cost for X and have Machaeus the Lunark enter the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters. Tap it to to put a plus one plus one counter on Machaeus, so he can grow. That's kind of cool. Uh, or you can tap it and remove a plus one, plus one counter from Mikaeus to put a plus one, plus one counter on each other creature you control. So uh, it's kind of a neat card. Um, it seems like it's got reasonable potential because, I mean, you can play it like a gray ogre kind of thing, you know, as a one, one or as a two, two or something. Um, and then just have him sit there and kind of grow. And then when you've got other dudes on board, to pump them you know I, I don't know do you are you seeing anything uh that mind-blowing about this at all
1: i think that it's it's i mean it's it's neat that it's a scalable effect mm-hmm. that you can reload it um i mean there's a lot of different things that are cool with it um it's likely going to wind up in my commander deck right on uh yeah that is kind of cool Mariah. like
0: you know, it's good early game you can play it cheap and late game you can play it as a big fat guy, you know, and uh Yeah. If you if you want. And being able to um it, it kind of sucks that he has to sit around for a minute to uh to put any counters on guys or else you could kinda of use him as a little uh kind of a mini crusade kind of thing where you're like I'm gonna, you know, drop this guy, tap him and give all my other guys plus one plus one. So yeah, kinda of cool. Um doesn't really feel like the funny thing is, it's a human cleric, and so it doesn't actually feel like it has any sort of horror feel because it's just a human cleric.
1: Right, right. Uh, it's like thanks for the spoiler, wizards.
0: Right. Well, I mean, it's a Boo. spoiler, but like, uh, didn't don't they want to <laughs> yeah. um, kind of preview something? Like, is, if this set is supposed to be kind of horror, shouldn't this? Be yeah, I want
1: like- a werewolf ninja for Christ's sake! Like, <laughs> right. come on, man! Give me a wizard pirate like illusion. You know what's actually, You know, I was actually thinking about. Um, from the vaults, legends kind of reminds me of what the announce like something that really pisses me off that the announcers uh, on WWE say. Uh, Randy Orton will be in a match, and he'll uh, he'll like pull him off the on the ropes, like he'll grab him in a headlock, pull like pull him through the ropes, and then do a DDT on him, mm-hmm. right? And the announcer will go vintage Orton, and I'm like. No, that's not vintage Orton because that's what Orton does still. Like, (laughs) it's not vintage Orton if he does it every match. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. They they, they said they had a line like that with John Cena last night on SummerSlam, too. It was like, vintage Cena. I'm like, no, present day Cena. (laughs) Like...
0: So the huge news last week, huge, huge news, uh, actually kind of... All came together kind of at once was that uh, not only are they changing the format for Pro Tour Philadelphia, which is three weeks away, but the format is a completely new format and that is the uh, the heralded modern format that they, they featured at the Community Cup. Um, they've changed the band list somewhat. Um, modern, of course, was the format that, that they played at the Community Cup. And so basically that was the only tournament that really happened that we know about anyway. Of course, there were probably some internal playtesting things happening. But as far as like a public tournament, that was the only modern tournament we had. Um, besides, you know, some player-run events, I'm sure, that were, I guess, unsanctioned because it, isn't, it wasn't an official format until now. So Pro Tour Philadelphia, three weeks from now has changed from extended to modern and um, people – I know before this, people were pretty meh about Pro Tour Philadelphia being extended, like just the extended format in general. Uh, So on the one hand, it's like this is so exciting, right? I'm like super excited about this. Unfortunately for some people and and I saw a lot of of people reacting this way, specifically players that are queued for the Pro Tour – uh, there's a lot of people who are pretty upset because they've already been testing extended. They've been playing this format. They may already be on a deck and figure, all right, cool, I did my testing. This is the deck I'm playing. It's not like the format's really going to change between now and Pro Tour Philadelphia because there's no real extended events that are happening very, very often, you know? Um, they were prepared for the tournament, for, for one tournament, and now they have to re prepare for something entirely different. Uh, so I can see why players would be pretty upset about that for those of you who don't know exactly what modern is um you may have heard a lot That's a
1: good point. Yeah, a
0: lot of people mentioning it. Basically, modern is anything printed for standard after 8th edition, including 8th edition. One of the, you know, the the rule of thumb is typically going to be does it have a new card frame? You know, not the old card frame. Uh but that is that's not a hard and fast rule because there's commander Products. There's cards that were printed in Commander or special products that were were not printed for standard that have the new card frame. For instance, Brainstorm, you know, that are not legal. For instance, um, you know, new cards in Commander like, uh, you know, uh, Edric, you know, uh, or Chaos Warp or Scavenging Ooze. These cards were new, printed for Commander, like Flusterstorm, not legal because they were not printed for standard. They were printed for Commander. The other side of the coin is the Time Spiral, Time Shifted cards. They were printed for standard. They have an old card frame, but they're legal. In, uh, right. In exactly.
1: Modern, because right? they because they were part of a standard set. Right. Right.
0: Anything printed for standard since Eighth Edition, and including Eighth Edition. Eighth Edition came out in summer two thousand three. So the there's that, and then the fall two thousand three was mirrored in block. And that's kind of the start of the you know the blocks that are legal. So, um, so now, can they I have, ask you
1: a question, real quick. Yeah. I'm go sorry. Ahead. I know we're going to mention the band lists and stuff, but is it just me, or am I going crazy here? Am I nuts? Like, why is Aether Vile still fifteen dollars on Star City? Like, why? It's, it's like,
0: still good in Legacy, right?
1: <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I'm saying like, why? So why is isn't it so low? It, like, everything else has jumped yeah. through the roof for Modern, yeah. And all anyone's doing is speculating that people are just going to run Vile, you know? Right. I know I'm running four vials mental missteps banned. Why wouldn't I run four vials? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Is <laughs> so, it sold out or like, anything? No, no, 64 in stock at 15 bucks each.
0: Huh? Was it just, it's not That's, in any commander decks, is it?
1: It was in the, from the um, exactly. it was in the, from the ball, but that one's only 20 bucks right now.
0: Yeah. I'm just trying to think of what could be adding to the, the, you know, the, uh, availability, the supply. Um, I don't know. I think maybe people are. I think you know that's something that one of the bigger questions. Let me let's actually get to that. Um, There's a pretty hefty band list, which I think is the one of the surprising things about it. Um, Just to run down the band list: Ancestral Vision, Ancient Dem, Bitter Blossom. Chrome Mox, Dark Depths, Dread Return, Glimpse of Nature, Golgari Grave Troll, Great Furnace, Hypergenesis, Jace the Mind Sculptor, Mental Misstep, Seat of the Synod, Sensei's Divining Top, Skull Clamp, Stoneforge Mystic, Sword of the Meek, Tree of Tales, Umuzawa's Jite, Valakut the Molten Pinnacle, and Vault of Whispers. So, the artifact lands, obviously. Sensei's Divining Top, okay. Uh, Jace... Stoneforge, both of those gone. Mental misstep, kind of a surprise. Um, Bitter Blossom, they, they don't want fairies to be good. Chrome Mox is there. a uh, Dark Depths to, uh, you know, keep the, the Hex Mage Depths combo out of the format, and uh, Sword of the Meek to keep the Thopter Sword combo out of the format. Um, Hypergenesis because that was a pretty heavily speculated card that that would be a little bit crazy uh, with Hypergenesis combo with uh, Cascade cards, um, Golgari right. Grave Troll and Dread Return to to kind of nerf Dredge quite a bit. Glimpse of Nature keeps the Elf combo cards uh, Elf combo decks down uh, a bit, and then um, Ancestral Vision, which to me is the biggest what really, but I you know it's just here's a card that draws three and is uh, you know. Just it costs time rather than mana um, there 's so
1: much you cascading into it that's surprised it didn 't i 'm surprised they didn surp- 't just uh go ahead and ban living end too
0: <laughs> right so living end is around well that 's the thing like they didn 't when they explained their bannings they didn 't mention anything about cascading in ancestral vision, like they just said it was because it was doing like their explanation was something about it 's a card people are using in legacy and it 's really good in the in the successful blue deck so my first impression of the band list was very negative, and I felt like it's way too big. Give the format a chance to breathe beforehand, but I've since uh, realized, I think it makes a lot more sense at this point in time, given all the other factors, and that is the Pro Tours three weeks away, and they wanted an exciting event. So they're saying, we're not going to let people just go in with fairies and Affinity and dredge and uh, callblade, you know, basically just going in with with decks that are already established. They're going to make people uh, come out with new ideas, new new decks, and make an exciting event. And I think it's very likely. And I've seen this uh, comment uh, from a number of people also that this list gets amended in in the future, uh, in the near future, to cut some of these cards off of it. Um, a lot of the speculation I've seen has people saying Jace the Mind Sculptor is probably going to be the first card cut from it, which it warms my heart. Um, and, uh, you know, because there are certain cards on here that really just aren't... They're not a combo piece. They're not, like, ridiculously broken. You know, something like Skull Clamp. Um, they're just good, strong cards. I think they just wanted to create a fresh format for the Pro Tour, for the event. And I think that this list gets modified quite a bit in the uh, coming months, I think. Oh, the other the other part of this announcement... Not only is this now an official format, it's coming to MTGO later this month um, and coming to Pro Tour Philadelphia, but it's also a a format at Worlds this year too. It's replacing Extended. Basically, it's not replacing Extended. Like Extended is still a real format, but it is replacing Extended at the Pro Tour, at Worlds. Basically, the relevant Extended events that are coming up for the rest of the year seem to be all being replaced by Modern. So –
1: and you know, and I actually like the fact that at the end of the article here on Daily MTG, it says, um, as we get more information, I just, I just want to read this last mm-hmm. thing. Second, we can always unban cards in the future. In Vintage and Legacy, over time, we have been continually picking away at the respective restricted and ban lists, and both are at historical lows in terms of the percentage of the card pool that is banned or restricted. As we get more information, we will change the modern ban list over time. We may have overbanned here, and if we did, we have plenty of time to go back and fix that. So exactly, yeah, so that's a good thing. And I know that like, man, Thursday night, you should have just heard Joey, if we would have recorded Thursday night, this would not have been a very feel good episode of YMTG taps. <laughs> like, oh, my God, because nobody was feeling good. Uh, Thursday night. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, it was a, it was a lot. Well, part of it was that I got you know, I heard the announcement, you read it and you read the band list. And that was all I saw. I didn't get, like, I didn't read the articles. I didn't really have I I hadn't stopped to think about it. It was a snap judgment. And I was very like frustrated with the fact that they went right in and just t- chopped the head off the format because I felt like I was excited for modern because I wanted to see what it could be. Not like what it could be if you take out like all these other cards. Like to me, I know modern isn't supposed to be legacy light, but Modern is Legacy Light. Like, that's what it is. Like, it's going to be a different format, but it's it's the, you know, we have Vintage, which is an Eternal format, meaning nothing ever rotates from it. Then you have Legacy, which is Vintage Light, right? Because it's just got a uh, bigger band list than Vintage. And then you have Modern, which chops, which is another Eternal format, nothing ever rotates, but only cards from, you know, a certain point on. Uh, and so, to me... That's the difference between Legacy and Modern. That's what's going to make it a completely different format. That doesn't – like I felt like they didn't need to go ahead and just ban a chunk of cards as well to make it different than Legacy. Like I wanted to see what would happen first and then say, OK, these are the maybe, – maybe something is a problem. Then you go ahead and ban cards. But because taking into account that there's an event in a couple weeks and they want that to be exciting, I can see – I can see what they're doing. Like, I can see the, the reasoning behind it, and I expect that it'll change. But whether it changes or not, like, at this point, now after a few days, I'm really excited about it. We're going to have to devote more time to talking, like, specific modern decks, uh, possibly next week. Um, yeah. And especially approaching or just after the Pro Tour uh, coming up in a few weeks. Um, but I think, really, you have there's two places to start. One is old extended, which old extended is what modern, like modern is what old extended was with it, with a different band. Like, it's kind of funny that they, uh, you know, they had this thing last June. Um, it was June 18th last year where they said, um, you know, here's, here's a quote from a BDM article from June 18th when they announced the, the new extended, which is double standard, right? Um, was uh, Eric Lauer explained that people were just not playing the format in any significant numbers unless it was dictated that they had to for a Pro Tour qualifier season. Um, The combination of so many years of catch-up and a dauntingly large card pool to build with spurred the need for a more accessible version of Extended that would allow players to get more mileage out of their standard favorites. And so it's funny, like, people weren't playing old Extended, so they made new Extended, which people hated, so they're basically like, hey, "Let's sneak, sneak old extended back in, and it'll be like it's new. We'll just call it modern." <laughs> uh, the big difference, though, is that it's non-rotating, so any investment you make True. is permanent. I think that's a big deal. Um, but it is, and, and of course, the band list, which takes out like the pillars of the old extended, which was you know Thopter Depths, pretty much that's it. Um, <laughs> Thopter Sword combo, Hex Mage Depths combo, they they cut the combo pieces out of that so those cards can't be around. And then uh, and then they went ahead and cut the the pillars of the current Extended uh, in Jason Stoneforge out of the format as well. So they do create a whole new format. But it is kind of funny that basically this is exactly what Old Extended was at the point when they, they nixed it. So it's kind of funny. Right, they're
1: basically just repackaging
0: it. Right, exactly. So uh, – but, but they did the right thing, I think, in the fact that it's non-rotating and uh, therefore keeps people's investments healthy. I guess that you know you invest into this format and you don't really lose because a card's rotating out. You know, so I think that's that's cool. So I'm I'm excited for modern. I'm really excited to go back and play some of these old decks. Um, the other place to look if you're if you're looking to build modern decks, you look at old extended. And, of course, it's going to be tough. I was trying it myself, looking through old extended um, lists. You know, uh, It's hard to find lists that don't have banned cards. So you need to do some uh, retooling of those lists if you find them. But the other place is overextended, which uh, was never an official format, is not an official format. But it is something that Gavin Verhey created because of people being excited about the possibility of something in between legacy and extended or in in between legacy and standard that wasn't extended. Um, and I, I can't remember, I believe it's invasion block forward. And he wrote an article today. It's Monday again, uh, with like 18 deck lists that were from the overextended format that have no cards in them from, uh, from before that. So they're all actually legal and modern. Um, and that's a great article to look at. I looked at that this morning and, um, I'm really excited about some of the lists I saw in there. Now I know they had a uh, they had a, a side event at Star City Richmond um, that had that was a modern side event like a win a box and Naya won that. It looked kind of like a pretty typical Naya aggro list from Standard, but it had like Tarmogoyf in it, uh, an upgraded mana base, um, some other couple cards, but essentially it was a Naya list with Bloodbraid Elf. Bloodbraid Elf, yep. yeah. Noble Squadron Hierarch. Uh, what's that? Squadron Hawk. No Squadron Hawk. <laughs> I
1: want
0: to... Oh. You want to cascade into a Squadron Hawk, don't you?
1: Aunt or Eternal Witness. There you go. That's a good one Glittering Wish. I want to play Naya. Yeah, there's... Extended and in Modern.
0: There, It's so wide open. Like, it's so exciting too. Like, there's so many old strategies. So many cool old decks that you can upgrade... And, of course, there's probably going to be new decks that uh, that show up that are just completely new. Not really... They weren't around in Standard. They're not around in Legacy. And um, something like... Uh, what the, the decks that I'm excited about, mostly, are some sort of Mystical Teachings deck. Some sort of possibly Gifts Ungiven deck. Uh, and then a Mono Blue 12 post deck that... Uh, it's kind of like a blue control list that ramps into Eldrazi. And those are the... Those are – that's my starting point you know, for uh, for Modern. Um, I'm excited about those. One of the things uh, Gavin mentioned is the Splinter, Splinter Twin Combo has shown up in Overextended, so it could very well show up in Modern. And it's got Kiki-Jiki Pestermite available too, which is the it, – it's Splinter Twin Combo version one, right? Um, essentially the exact same thing. Uh, Kiki-Jiki Pestermite does the same thing, puts a whole bunch of copies of Pestermite into play. So, uh, that's viable, um, and that gets Giga which, uh, you know, which was not, or which is not in standard, obviously, obviously, and Giga is pay a blue to tap target permanent, but it's got, um, it's got replicate, so you just pay another blue, and you copy the spell for every time you paid the extra blue, so, you know, you Tap five, tap five of their permanents down during their uh during their upkeep or, you know, during one of their uh in like their second main phase or something at the end of their turn, whatever, you tap them out and then go ahead and uh and play your deceiver X Arc or your Pester Might and you know, just go off the next turn with them tapped out entirely. So uh what I wonder about is if this deck is is that good, um, and Giga Drowse is a uh, vital part of that, then you wonder how much Slaughter Pact is going to see play because you can, <laughs> you have to obviously have the black mana to pay for the, uh, pay for the Pact, but at least you can cast it when you're tapped out. Right. You know, um, just so many different, different options for this format. Um, I just kind of did a lot of speculation and uh, ordered a bunch of cards. vendilion Click Went from like a ten dollar card to like a fifteen dollar card recently when it was seeing play more play in Legacy. Um, I just bought four Chinese Vandelian clicks online the other day at like sixteen each, and uh, I just saw it priced at thirty five dollars. It's twenty five yeah. on Star City, I think, right now.
1: Thirty five. Um, oh, is Sold it?
0: Out. This morning it was twenty five.
1: Sold out. Thirty five.
0: <laughs> Sold out at thirty five dollars.
1: You, you you, know, you want to know what I'm not doing? What's that? buying any modern cards (laughs) yeah i'm not buying any none Mm -hmm. like i don't first of all i have i have merfolk i will probably just play that Mm -hmm. with like a different like removal or counter suite Mm -hmm. um but like this format is it's cool but it's (laughs) I don't understand why everyone's like buying all this stuff now and like paying all this money. I'm, I'm going to wait at least till things settle down. Like I'm not touching yeah. modern. Like you guys can go and buy all the freaking. I know you're not. I'm saying, but you guys. I'm telling, talking to everybody else. That you guys can go buy all the, uh, you know, shocklands you want. Go ahead, go buy them. You ain't, you ain't getting me involved in all that. It ain't, it ain't happening. Well, like yeah, it's it's. They're going to reprint them in a year. And then everyone's gonna go, man. I paid thirty-five bucks for Hollow Fountains. Now they're twelve. Like they're gonna reprint the the Shocklands. Like I, I think they'd they're, be-
0: they're very likely to be reprinted sometime in the near future because I think that's why. I think there was even an article, like one of the reasons, like when they're talking about the design of the Shocklands, was that uh, they named them specifically so that they could be reprinted in other worlds. You know what I mean? Like they right. aren't. It's not a you know something referring to a certain block. It's just Hallowed Fountain. There could be a Hallowed Fountain on any plane, you know?
1: Yeah, there could uh, be one on Innistrad or when they go back to Ravnica next year, which is the rumor.
0: Yeah, that's true too. So who knows? Um, Cloudstone Curio goes... replaces uh, Glimpse of Nature in the Elf Combo deck. So you can still play Elf Combo, but instead of Glimpse of Nature, you play Cloudstone Curio, which lets you basically... uh, you can gain infinite life or... Uh, produce infinite mana or uh, draw tons of cards with uh with elvish visionary basically cloudstone curio allows you to whenever you play like a non artifact permanent you can return to your hand another permanent that shares a uh, type with it so like I play an elf you know a creature and I can return a creature to my hand, so being able to uh play play like heritage druid um, you basically play a couple elves and return them and tap them for mana and then you know you're about you with the with the trigger on the stack you re you bounce them back to your hand and then replay them and of course now they're untapped and you tap them again right. you know that kind of thing and if you have the essence warden in play you just gain infinite life you do that as much as you want um if you have nettle sentinel in play you have infinite mana because he just untaps your elves and you just tap them and then re- return them you know let them let that trigger resolve to untap the elves, then tap them, add the mana, then let the curio trigger resolve, bounce them back to your hand, replay them, so you have infinite mana, and then you just play like Emrakul. So, I I got some of those because I didn't have any, and uh, and they were like a dollar fifty. So I think we have a lot to look forward to with this format, and I think you're right uh, as far as it's a lot of hype right now. So if yeah. you didn't already get a bunch of cards, you're Chief, not
1: qualified for the Pro Tour. Stop wasting your money for now.
0: <laughs> well, well, the thing is, if you already got in in that window where the cards were cheap, then awesome.
1: Like, that's, that's well, great. Obviously. But
0: at this point, yeah, like, the thing is, like, things just went wild. Like I said, it, Vendillion Click was 25 this morning, and now it's 35. And, of course, Modern has been, you know, talked about and rumored for, you know, basically all summer since the Community Cup. So people were already speculating on some of these cards, and... So there, there was a window, and there was kind of a pretty big window when you take into account the community cup. Um, but right. like I said, if you aren't, if you haven't already got in there, maybe now is not the time to be doing it because now everything's like through the roof because of these speculators and things. And I bought some cards partly to speculate, but not really. It's not really speculation when I'm only buying a playset for myself to play with. <laughs> so right. uh, I just got them. Like I, I have Elf Combo from Legacy. If I can just replace glimpse with curio and a couple change up the mana base a bit, then now I have that for Modern too. Like I I buy stuff for myself, so I guess it's not actually speculation. So upcoming events. Um, of course today, Friday, uh, that this is being posted Not the day it's being recorded. Uh, The Pro Tour Hall of Fame announcement is supposed to go up, so I'm super excited, looking forward to see who makes the Hall of Fame. This weekend, of course, we have the Star City Games Open Series in Boston, August 20th and 21st. Um, I'll be there with Adrian Sullivan doing SCG Live. We have, of course, on Saturday. Legacy on Sunday, and apparently modern side events, if you're interested in testing out that format. Um, also this weekend, GP Shanghai, which is limited. Uh, next weekend, August 27th to 28th, we have a standard GP in Pittsburgh, um, and all of this culminates in Magic Weekend Philly, September 2nd through the 4th. Um, I believe there's some last chance qualifier tournaments happening on Thursday, that's uh, September 1st. Um, So if you want to grind in, um, I may attempt to do that. I just have to... It depends on if I can get there on Thursday or early enough on Thursday. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. But um, I will be there. Joe, did you figure out if you Mm. can make it? You're not sure yet,
1: I'm almost sure I can't. I put it in the book. Like, I certainly... If I can come, it's in the book. If they give it to me, I'm there. If they don't give it to me, I can't go. You know what I mean? It's just that simple. Like... I, I did everything I can do. Right. I that don't sucks. think yeah. I'm going to get it because it's just like this perfect storm of everything happening in that weekend. So it's yeah. just like, does not seem likely. Right. Unfortunately. Ah!
0: Well, hopefully. Everybody cross your fingers and then don't uncross them until Joe lets you know whether or not he's gone. That should be everything for this week. Do you have anything to add?
1: Uh, n- no, stop buying modern staples until they drop in price.
0: We're yo MTG taps.
1: Stop bitching, start brewing. We are-